disturbing. Hi there, and welcome to Dork Wars Live. Um, this is the first time that we have ever done a live stream for our podcast. Um, I've been on a couple with the Red 5 Network guys. And speaking of Red 5 Network guys, I have Ro on with us from the Scarif Scuttlebutt Podcast. How's it going, Ro? How's it going, Blake? How is everybody, all you Star Wars fans? Happy Saturday night. And we have Anthony, Rural Farm Boy, on Twitter. This guy has been a huge supporter of our podcast, retweets a lot of our stuff, listens to our episodes, gives good feedback. Um, I've enjoyed having you on there. Um, so, Anthony, uh, how's it going? RFB. Oh, it's definitely going. And I'll just put this straight up front for both ends because I'm pretty sure maybe uh, you've seen it before. I've had been in on some with some other other pod friends. Anything that I go and do in the Twitterverse ends with me. It starts with folks like just like Blake and all the Dark Wars boys, Roe the entire Red 5 network, and anybody else, everybody else that you see that I post, and that right there is my playlist. Starts with Yins. And I do listen to each and every show. I hear every thought, every opinion from start to finish. And I literally go from one to the next through seven days of a week. Everything that I hear and I hear so much good stuff, and I'm like, I can't be the only one hearing this. So that's why I do what I do, because you choose to sit down behind a microphone, share your thoughts, put it out in the world for folks. And I thought, I've been a listener for a long time of pods. And after a while, when you get listening to folks through once a week, sometimes folks are doing it twice a week, you get to know them as the, the, the folks that they are. You tell us about yourselves. But then us listeners, it's kind of like a one-sided conversation. I want to turn it into a two-sided conversation. So I I can't do what I do if you don't do it first. That's why I do what I do. Ends with me. Always starts with you. Very nice. That's awesome. Uh, Anthony, we really appreciate your interaction with us on our social medias. We have some other folks that interact with us. That is the best part, I think, of doing a podcast is being able to talk to those that listen to the show, being able to get their thoughts, what they think, and then we share our thoughts. It's a conversation, like you said. I like that format for a for a podcast and their listeners. Yep. So, uh, Ro, tell us a little bit about uh, Scare of Scuttlebutt for those on here who may not know who you are. You, I'm sure most people on here are probably from the last stream that, that, that you were uh, doing just about 25 minutes ago. Yeah, I see some familiar names up there, but, uh, you know, if you guys are into a uh, deep dive and conversation about all things geek. You know, we, Brad and I started Scarif uh, talking about Star Wars only, but then we realized that we were, you know, nerds of other franchises as well. So we wanted to branch out and uh, did a little rebranding. So we talk about everything uh, from Star Wars to Star Trek, a uh, little Wonder Woman. We dropped a new episode uh, this week with uh, our new friend, uh, comics and cosmetics so we do a a little bit of everything and uh like you said and like everybody is talking about uh you know just having a conversation having fun and uh sharing our thoughts and building a community uh with uh folks that uh that like all this nerdy stuff which is a lot of fun and i'll tell you what the uh the nerd culture i like to call it the nerd culture is really becoming the popular culture and i'm all here for it i remember in school i was kind of you know, I, I liked all the nerdy stuff, the dorky stuff, and it wasn't quite as cool as it is now. It was getting there, but now it is, if you're a nerd, you're probably one of the coolest people in the room. That wasn't always the case. That's right. No, sir, it weren't. Not for me and Ro. Nope. <laughs> nope. But um, let's go get in, let's get into some Star Wars. I do like to start with a little bit of news. Um, nothing too heavy. Oh, I just want to get through. Okay. We're Star Wars and let's go. Let's go. All right. He's got his, he's got his hat on. Here we go. He's a, he's, what was that? The, uh, oh no. Change up, bro. No one told me. Change up. Nobody took, nobody told me that that we had hats. All right. uh, See, I'm, I'm too new to red five. I don't have all the costumes yet. (laughs) I haven't come in the mail. Uh, We got you. But let's, uh, I want to get your guys' thoughts on this new Kenobi series. We have a release date. It's coming out May 25th. We have some casting mm-hmm. news. Rupert Friend as Grand Inquisitor. 
We have um, Bill Organa, Jimmy Smith's coming back as Bill Organa. Some great news. What are your guys' thoughts on this new series? I'm going to let Anthony go first before I uh, change my hat again because I can't see. <laughs> my thoughts on what we're going to, what's coming for Kenobi. I, I'm going to go right at this the same way I have since I was 13 years old in 1980 and seen the first next Star Wars story with Empire Strikes Back. And everything through where we sit now, 45 years, whatever's new coming next, tell me a Star Wars story. I don't have an expect. I don't have a want. I don't do predictions. And if I do, they are the barest minimal. I don't have any expectations. I can never be let down. Tell me a story. That's awesome. And I think we should probably all... uh... We should probably all get into that kind of mindset. And we do a lot of predicting on Dork Wars, the podcast. We, we find it fun. And it turns out mm-hmm. we are very rarely correct. <laughs> but who cares? Everyone loves listening to it. So, Ro, what do you think about uh, the new Kenobi series, where it's going, what it's going to do? Um, just your general thoughts. You know, getting back to what uh, Anthony was saying, the you know, the I remember, um, you know, with my friends hanging out in the play yard, talking about the new movies and uh, trying to figure out who's going to do what, what's going to happen. You know, as kids, you know, we talked about that stuff. And I think uh, that's what makes that's one of the reasons that makes podcasting fun is just kind of talking with your peers and saying, you know, what do you think uh, this show is going to be about? How do you think it's going to go? You know, what would you like to see? Um, so, you know, for me, I do have some expectations and as a long time Star Wars fan, um, not unlike yourself, uh, rural, uh, you know, we, we like to, there's certain things that you want to kind of see, you know, you, you, mm-hmm. you know, you don't go to a Cadillac dealership to buy a Ford. So once you, uh, walk into a Star Wars movie, you want to see some, you know, some Star Wars related things. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that being said, you know, I, I think, you know, with everything that has been, spilling in the news uh regarding rumors and tidbits and casting uh announcements and things like that i think it's gearing up to be something very exciting obviously we have uh the news that john williams is scoring the the main title i'm not sure if he's scoring everything but um you know he is uh he just had a 90 uh 90th birthday so uh Mm -hmm. i'm sure he's uh you know slowing down a bit uh but god bless his soul it's one thing that all Star Wars fans from the left to the right to the middle can uh, agree on that uh, Star Wars would not be Star Wars if it weren't for Mr. John Williams, the master Agreed. himself. So I'm looking forward to it. May 25th. Uh, are you here yet? <laughs> no, I don't wish don't wish it here too quickly. Time, <laughs> time passes no. on quickly enough. But um, yes, John Williams music has defined many, many movie franchises. I mean, Jurassic Park, E.T., all unforgettable themes. When you hear those um, scores, you automatically know where they're from. Absolutely. And I think John Williams is instrumental in the success of Star Wars and the success of all of its movies. I mean, Duel of the Fates, oh my gosh, that is still some some of my favorite um, orchestrated music. That is divine intervention right there, brother. It is. It very, it very much is. So I'm, I am also pretty psyched for the Kenobi series. Um, just to see where it goes. Uh, there's some info. Maybe it's coming off of Tatooine. We're going to get some really cool stuff. And I'm like you guys. I want to see a good Star Wars story. I don't want to just see a flash in the pan. They just give us a bunch of um, sequences where we see familiar faces, familiar places, and things that warm our heart. I want a really good story. And that's awesome stuff. So let's go on and get into our main topic for tonight. I want to talk about the Book of Boba Fett Season 1, or just the Book of Boba Fett. We don't know if there's going to be a Season 2. I believe it was called a limited series, so I would guess it's just a one-off. But who knows? So general thoughts about the whole season. Now, Now, you can go into specifics, of course, specific episodes. But... What do you guys think of the series as a whole? Just a quick summary. Uh, let's start with you, Rose, since uh, since Rule Farm Boy went first last time. Um, wow. How can I say this politely? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
to me, it was lackluster. And, you know, before the series started, I, uh, you know, on our show, I did say that I was going to be pretty hard on, on the series. I think after two seasons of The Mandalorian, you know, that, that series was great. I think the, the, uh, the growing pains uh, were behind us as far as production, as far as behind the scenes, as far as what we will be seeing visually. And, you know, I just I wanted them to bring the A-game to the Book of Boba Fett, not only because, you know, this would be the third Star Wars streaming show out there, but this is a fan favorite character uh, from the original trilogy. And, you know, if they didn't bring their top game uh, to the to the arena, then, you know, I I for one would be able to tell. Um, and unfortunately, you know, the series as a whole for me, you know, there were some really great moments and really, uh, wonderful story arcs, um, that were presented, but, uh, there's, they kind of stopped short of being, uh, amazing. Um, there were some things that didn't make sense in my mind in universe, uh, some little details that are like, well, why did you do this when you could have done that? And again, that's that's speculation. But I, you know, I, when I watch stuff like that, I want things to make sense in universe um, because I, you know, I enjoy it better. I guess I, I, I don't sit there and, and scratch my head. I'm like, well, that's confusing. Why did they do that? So, uh, but again, you know, Boba Fett uh, is a great character. The actor that played him was fantastic. We've got we had some really amazing actors that. Uh, accompanied him on this uh, on this adventure you know the uh, I mean there's a lot of good great stuff to to you know to really uh, hang our hats on but there's always a but there's always there's a scuttle always a butt, butt. <laughs> this is a big this is a big scuttle butt right it's, it's a big butt not just a regular butt it's a big butt right mm-hmm yeah so rural farm boy your thoughts on the uh, book of Boba Fett uh, I guess series or season one, whatever it's going to be. Well, when we were shown early on some cast and crew merch that they were wearing that said the book of Boba Fett season one. So if they put it that way, there's got to be a reason for that. We don't know what that is yet, but we'll see. I'm not in a hurry to get there, but my thoughts on this here season as a whole, I love everything that it had to tell us from all chapters. I, don't, I know some folks would call that being, I don't know if it would be rightly called an apologist. I just loved it for everything. It told a straight and clear story. If you were watching and listening to exactly what we were told, everything in there was done and told for a reason. I know like some folks were thinking, well, that's not really who Boba Fett was. And I think that's some of the folks might have been holding on to what was them their legend stories from the comics in the 90s. Yeah. And then through the middle of chapter four, when he had that, I want to say it was chapter four or five, when he had that two campfire talks with Fennec Shan saying he had had enough of working for folks who were going to get them killed. Yeah. He was, he, Put that behind him, and he went a different way, as we all tend to do. Yeah, I, I can agree with that. And going back to what you said at the beginning, I didn't know there was merch that said season one on it. <laughs> that's awesome. That's that's news to me. Um, but a lot of people like to hold on to what they know. We we know the EU. Yeah. We know that Boba Fett is just as bad to the bone. Get down to it, bounty hunter. And he was that way in the EU all the way through. And mm-hmm. Some people get really mad when the shows and the canon doesn't turn out to way, the way they wanted to, or if they had a Boba Fett uh, action figure back in, in 1985 and it didn't go the same way that they played it out in their mind. <laughs> and I, I find that crazy because Boba Fett goes through a transformation. I'm not going to say that it it wasn't. Uh, there were parts that I wish I would have seen more development on. But he goes through a transformation, and I think he's headed in a good direction. My only problem, or one of my only problems with the series as a whole, is the development. After uh, episode four, episodes uh, five and six, or chapters five and six, 
were the the two episodes about the Mandalorian and, and uh, Grogu, Luke, and all that, which were great stories. I love seeing mm-hmm. those episodes. We saw some great sights, some great sounds. We got great world building. But I feel like it took away from Boba Fett's character development because at the end of Chapter 4, he's got the Rancor. We haven't seen him spend much time with the Rancor. Um, the the Mod Squad, the Mighty Morphin Power Kids, whatever you want to call them, they... Um, the Mods. Sorry? The Mods. Yeah, the Mods. Yeah, yeah I, I love colorful names. So. <laughs> I, I like the Mighty Morphin Power Kids. Uh, but um, they... They undergo a development because we see in the last chapter mm-hmm. where they're all about Mos Espa. They're all about defending their home and all the people. Mm-hmm. They, the people are there in Mos Espa when they were very much rebels when we first them. Much for themselves, trying to get water because they need it. Uh, they had very good reasons, but at the same time, it doesn't seem like they were very um, community minded at that time. And where's that transformation? I would have liked to see that development. I'd like to see that development. Hmm. For the mods, you mean? Yeah, the mods, mods, Boba Fett. Yeah, mods, Boba Fett. I I just don't feel like we got all of the the, the, uh, development that we needed to get them to the end. We got to the end and where they were supposed to be, but some of the, the, uh, the steps, we missed some of the steps in the middle. And I think that's what I mean when when I say that, you know, they seem to have presented some really interesting uh, topics when it comes to characters and situations and growth. But it just didn't get there like, oh, this is really cool. And, you know, the the, I'll I'll give you an example. I I, am. I always remember what Andrew said over at Coruscant Radio Underground. You know, there's some really great concepts with you know humans modifying their bodies and you know at that time you know people still didn't trust droids and machines and things like that um you know we see that because of the droid um you know occupation you know in the prequels and 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 the turning of you know the government from from that aspect so there's there's a lot of like deep stuff there that that could have been explored and was teased a little bit because you know folks really didn't like the mods um in universe because of that reason like oh my god what are you what are you doing to yourself so but it just didn't get it just didn't get to that yard line where we're like oh this is this is very thought provoking i mean for me the whole series was you know and and i think it was designed to be like this but it was very uh animated series it was very like if you watch the clone some of the early clone wars there's a lot of like goofy little things like that that kind of reminded me of of the animated shows um and obviously you know we we know who's behind it but uh yeah i i and i guess we'll get there but uh i'm i'm rambling at this point yeah i'd like yeah, to take a, a look at uh dave's comment here uh, you should see mm-hmm. it at the bottom of your screen i felt there was a couple of episodes missing maybe there were production issues the mando stuff seemed to pick to be picked up from a possible mando season 3 script and drop there and i really feel like this show was like half a season of two different shows shoved into one. Yeah. Like you have epi- uh, chapters one through four with Boba Fett's development. And it, despite what you think about those episodes, there was a clear story. There was a clear progression up to that point. And, and it just stopped. It, and it stopped for yeah. the Mando Grogu show. I mean, that's, you know, that's what happened. And I, like I said, I love those two episodes. I liked a lot of the sights, the sounds, the story we got, the, the Ahsoka Luke interaction. That's great stuff, but not in Book of Boba Fett. I, if there was a scene here or there with Mando, where he's at and what he's doing, that's okay, because we know we're bringing him into the show. But just to take Boba Fett out of basically two episodes of his own show and sacrifice his character development was too much for me, at least. It, it was too much for me. Hmm. But move, moving on from that point, um, I did like a lot of the practical effects. I liked a lot of the, the sights we saw, the, the sounds, the everything. Um, we see Black Chrysanthemum. Black Chrysanthemum mm-hmm. is probably one of my favorite parts of this entire show. Like, he looks great. He acts great. His his mannerisms are awesome. Like, he, he moves just like you think a, a Wookiee would move. 
this a, is a Wookie the... that a Wookie that size. <laughs> yeah. And he's, yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah. And he was he was a practical effect. I mean, to to display something that real was amazing. I, I loved watching him every second that he was on the screen. Absolutely. Totally agree. I think the actor oh now I'm blanking out on his name. Um but yeah, he did a really great job. Uh what was that? Corey Jones. Corey Jones, yeah. Um yep. gotta love a Wookiee. That's right, Dave. Yep. But uh yeah, his uh you know, his you know, you, you for folks that are unfamiliar with that character, he comes straight from the comic books and it's great how, mm-hmm. you know, Star Wars now we've got all this material to kind of pull from. Um, and you know, even through the uh, the animated series and Rebels and things like that, I know uh, Filoni likes to pull little strings from the expanded universe and and introduce yeah. it. You know, now we've got Thrawn, now we've got you know other characters. Uh, but it's really great to see you know some of these things kind of tying into live action because it is a big universe, and mm-hmm. it just kind of it makes sense that some characters from the printed page kind of cross over into the live action because I, I, I think it would be a disservice to the storytelling overall to kind of leave the comic books over there and then the movies over here and then the TV series over here. I think, you know, to, to make sure, and I know a lot of people say, well, it's, it's a large universe. Why do, why does Luke have to show up in everything? But, you know, at the same time, you know, when you go and, and you're working or you're doing your, you know, your regular, you know, life situation, you meet somebody, you see, oh my God, it's a small world. How many times have you seen that, uh, you know, heard that, uh, that aspect. And, you know, based on the, the the universe or the activity that we're engaged in 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 Star Wars, you're going to see familiar faces. You're going to see bounty hunters. You're going to see bad guys from time to time that you might have seen on another property because they're all kind of working together. So it's it's great to see these uh, characters kind of pop up, and it's wonderful uh, when they get them right, like uh, Special K. That's right. I think they did a great job with Chris Anson. I think they did an, a marvelous job. I was a little taken aback when he was introduced one episode, then he comes and attacks Boba Fett in his sleep the next episode, and I thought he was gone. You see him kind of waddle off into the uh, the Tatooine desert, getting mm-hmm. a uh, a space Uber to Mos Espa. <laughs> I see Royal Farm Boy has a has a quick aside. Yeah, no, no, I want to keep this on, stay on target. Um, I'd like Use to speak to a thing. I'd like to speak to a thing that I've heard in my playlist in. I want to say about a month previous to where we saw Chapter 7, where folks were kind of carrying on and speculating about seeing Crimson Dawn might come and finish up. And I want to tell you why we didn't see that. And I learned this from a Star Wars author in my playlist. And I'll I'll give him the shout out. It's Adam Bray, if you know who he is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. Yep. that was in a live chat with Rule the Galaxy, Joe Molinero and his crew. Adam was in there and was speaking to exactly how Star Wars publishing works. And why Crimson Dawn did not turn up there is because they have a current publishing story going right now in comics. Black Hansen's story was done. That's how we got to see him. That's why we ain't got to see Crimson Dawn, because their story's being told in the comics. They're not going to cross over and do comics and live action in the pl- same place. So that's why Crimson Dawn did not turn up. And that Stories makes sense. One way or the other way, not crossed over. Well, yeah, and I, and I believe that's also the reason we didn't see Omega in this series. Um, I know a lot of people are like, well, maybe he's going to find out about Omega. Well, her story is still being told in the Bad Batch. Like, we don't want to know where she ends up because we won't know what happens with the Bad Batch, right? That would be a spoiler in and of itself if she shows up. So, kind of along those same lines, of course, it's it's show to show instead of show to comics. But that's that's great information. Uh, Crimson Dawn is an awesome syndicate. They have a great story. I mean, with, with Maul and uh, Kira, all all these different aspects. And a lot of people had very good reasons to think Crimson Dawn was going to come in. I mean, sure. I thought it would have been a good turn. 
Um, and they, they point out all the symbolism, like the mayor's chair kind of looks like the Crimson Dawn yeah. symbol. The Crimson Dawn theme is played throughout the Book of Boba Fett theme. You can kind of hear um, tidbits of it in there. But that's one great thing, information. One thing I'll say about Star Wars fans, like sometimes we like to really reach and, and <laughs> yeah. find connections. And then when we're, when we're wrong, we're pissed off. <laughs> you know, it's like, come on. It doesn't oh. always. It does. It doesn't always have to rhyme. No. Oh, Rose, <laughs> you could only hear all the things I've heard. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I tell you, man. I, I've heard some crazy stuff. I've talked. I've talked about crazy stuff before. I'm not going to say that I've never talked out of my head about what I thought would be really cool. Um, Dave thinks that uh, the, the Han uh, the Han rumors were wishful thinking. Of course, we all know that now. He didn't turn up, but it might have nope. been cool. We had so many rumors of Han Solo. He was record. He was on set at Book of Boba Fett, and he yeah. had a he had a he had some kind of contract going on to come back as Han Solo. Those things were being kind of circulated in the rumor mill, and I mean, mm -hmm. I saw people publishing articles about that yeah. um, as Book of Boba Fett was starting, and of course, it didn't happen. Um, no. Would have been would it have been cool? Possibly, but um, awesome. yeah kind of along the same lines as we were talking about earlier with when the guys don't get what they think, then they get mad about it. <laughs> yeah. Whose fault is that? Yeah, that's right. It, probably the person <laughs> who I say about expectations. Right. But you yeah. know, the, the one thing that I um, remember thinking when I did start hearing about those Han Solo rumors, obviously at the end of season two of the Mandalorian, we got digital Luke Skywalker, which was awesome. And yeah, when I started hearing, and I didn't expect Luke to come back in the Book of Boba Fett, which he did Not through the did. Mandalorian. Yeah. But, I, you know, I, once I started hearing the Han rumors, I thought, well, this is going to be interesting. We got Luke in the uh, Mando series. We're going to get... Mm -hmm. We're going to get Han Solo in the Book of Boba Fett series. And what's next? Andor. We're going to get Leia in Andor. So I, I was thinking that somehow Filoni and Favreau were going to, you know, give us that treat of, of showing the original trilogy crew, um, you know, in each of the series and then bringing them, you know, together somehow because we didn't get it in the sequel trilogy, but bringing them together somehow, um, you know, if the story made sense at that point. But that didn't happen. I'll tell you what, that would have been great. I think that would have been a cool move. We didn't yeah. get that treat in the sequel trilogy. We didn't. We we missed out on that, unfortunately. But Han Solo in this series would have made sense. I think they could have made that happen, but they they didn't. And like you said, I don't think anyone saw Luke coming into this. I didn't see any of that. I didn't see any of the Grogu stuff. It was mm. out of nowhere. Yeah. Um, once Grogu left with uh, Luke in the at the end of Mandalorian season two, I was like, "Well, we're not going to see Grogu again for a while." Like I, I was thinking sure. that the entirety of season three was going to be the Mando story by himself, who he is separated from the child, you know. And it, it it's not going to happen that way. But um, we were all pretty taken aback. So, do you guys think that that took away from the story? Did you guys like that kind of segue, or, or was it just too much for you? Anthony stay on target for me stay on target that's right all right your bro your thoughts uh, you mean uh, the detour of seeing two episodes of Mando and in, in lodged in there you know it, it was and you know he, here's the thing you know I, I I've heard a lot of people say well it's the book of you know when you're reading a book sometimes you go to another chapter where somebody else is doing mm -hmm. something right mm -hmm. oh, okay that's that's fine but it's not a book, man. It's a TV show. So I, I want to, you know, seven chapters, or right. Seven chapters. Um, and really only really five because two chapters were dedicated to somebody else. Um, right. But, you know, uh, I think, um, oh, man, lost my train of thought. I, I don't like the fact that they kind of went, you know, there was a, obviously a fork in the road and they went this way before they kind of joined the, the main story again. I think you're right. I think it did kind of take away from maybe a, 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 a better fit for the narrative of Boba Fett and the growth of him as a character. Um, but I think those four, those the, the, the early four chapters really had a lot to do with that. 
with his relationship with, you know, family, you know, found family and the Tuscan Raiders and right. and everything that was happening. And then all of a sudden it just derailed from then on. You know, obviously he got his revenge and he took uh he took the slave one and and shot down the the bike gang, but that turned to be, you know, kind of a a, a red herring there, but uh I don't know. It's uh, the second half just really was for me. The entire series was a, a bunch. It, it was a big mess. But the second half was like, what? Yeah, it it just it seemed that the story just the story just was everywhere. Was just everywhere. everywhere. And that's, that's something I didn't care for. I, I one of one of the things I didn't care for. So uh, moving on from a hot mess. Let's let's pull this up. I just saw this in the comments, a hot mess. And I, I can agree with that. It, it kind of left the story in a weird place when we catch back up with uh, with Boba Fett at the begin, beginning of Chapter 7. Because, I mean, that's the, that's the last episode. Right. The last episode, and we're just getting reintroduced to the characters. Like, there, there's kind of like a, a period where you're kind of getting set back in, like, oh, yeah, this is Boba Fett's story. Right. And, and that was one of my, my biggest gripes. Um, yes, uh, Wesley has joined the chat. Wesley is a member of Dork Wars, the podcast. Uh, great to see him on, on the chat. Maybe not in video, but at least on the chat. Um, but what did you guys think about the Tuscan Raiders? Roe brought those, those great people up a few minutes ago. I was not a fan of the Tuscan Raiders before this. And now I'm like the biggest Tuscan Raider fanboy out there. I, I love the, the look into their culture. I love the look into how they did things, like how they brought in family and the way they're not just animals to be slaughtered like Anakin thought in episode two. So, uh, Anthony, what do you think about that? Well, the leader of that tribe said that not every tribe follows their, their thoughts and thinking. Some are killers. And that's what we seen when Anakin did what he, what he did. Yeah. And I also feel that's also the tribe that jumped Luke and 3PO when they went out to find R2. Yeah. Right. They weren't nearly friendly either. So yeah, I was a big fan of that. I, I had never had an expect to see what we were shown when they took him as a prisoner and ended up as a friend and family. Yeah. yeah. I thought that was a great turn of events. I like seeing the Tuscan Raiders in that light. And to, like you were saying, you said that the, the Tuscan Raider tribe that jumped 3PO and R2 and the, the Tuscan Raider tribe that uh, got Anakin's mom. Yeah, they were, mm -hmm. they were bad dudes, but this Raider mm -hmm. tribe also took Bulba as a prisoner without him really doing anything wrong to them. I mean, of course, we know he was a bounty hunter and this, that, and the other, but they didn't know that. They didn't see the OT. They, they didn't watch the movies. Um, so <laughs> no, they and I think, I, think just, I think just in my opinion that they did only as much as they had to do, just as Boba did, only as much as he had to do. They don't go kill out of will. They, they do what they got to do when they got to do it. The same way that Ben Jarn does. He only goes as far as he has to. The same way that it ended up in Chapter 7. Boba wasn't who we thought he was when he faced off with Cad Bane. He did what he, what he had to do when he had to do it. That's right. Let's backtrack real fast because, uh, Dave, yeah. I agree with you, but um, what was the reason that these Tusken Raiders tied Boba Fett to that to the tree as a prisoner, along with uh, uh, our friend uh, That's Greedo Reddo, Greedo's brother. Yeah, Reddo's Greedo's brother. Okay. The Rodian. Yes. Why did they tie them up? So we had the Jawas steal his armor after Sarlacc, and then they just left him there. Mm -hmm. And then the Tuscans found him, and then took him. Do we know why? Yeah, I, I, I kind of agree with Roe here that, you know, you were talking about they do what they have to do. And I agree with that statement for the most part, except for we, where we see that they just take Boba prisoner because he's laying in the sand half dead. You know, mm -hmm. 
why not take him and rehabilitate him, help him out, help him get on his way if that's the kind of tribe that they were. And that's one of my that's one of my sticky points as well that that they just took him as a prisoner and then when they did something that benefited them now oh yeah he's part of the tribe he's part of the family. Well, uh, my thoughts, just my opinion, is right. yeah they kept him alive they took him as a as a prisoner and out with the Tuscan kid and the Rodian to make him go dig for black melons. Right. And by the end of chapter one, he proved his worth and then became part of the tribe. But right. as a prisoner, it was for their benefit. By the end, he found his place. So, uh, yeah, Wesley's saying in the chat that it okay. felt a little rushed to him that the Tuscan tribe kept Boba as a prisoner. And then after the uh, life-death situation with the sand creature, Boba, Boba is welcomed in as part of the family. Yeah, I, I can agree that he had to show some worth. He wasn't a Tuscan Raider. I'll agree with that. He wasn't one of them to begin with. And then he showed, hey, he didn't have to kill that monster. He could have, like, probably got the chains broken. He probably could have made it off while it was eating on the Tuscan kid. But he stayed and helped the Tuscan kid. And that's mm-hmm. what brought him into the tribe. So I can kind of see both both ways on that. Maybe the Tuscan tribe wasn't the they weren't the epitome of I'm going to take you in and rehabilitate you and send you back off into the world. But at the same time, they honored Boba Fett for doing what he did. I can see that. Yeah. And now I can see you know that uh, they were both captured to uh, to dig for the black le- uh, lemons melons. <laughs> So and I, I can, I can see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When life gives you melons, you know. <laughs> uh, but Dave says that the most intriguing part of the show for him was the the Boba bit, at least. Um, but the Bo- but Boba's development felt a little short. I can agree with that. And that goes back to what we were talking about earlier. And then he says, here, maybe it had to be tested first. Yeah, they had to test his loyalty. Was he going to help the tribe out, or was he just going to double-cross them later down the line? Who knows? But uh, real farm boy, you uh, you mentioned Cad Bane a few moments ago, and what a reveal mm-hmm. when you see him walking in the stranger from from the desert. Uh, we didn't know what that title meant. We thought maybe it was no. it was Cobb Vanth. We thought maybe it was this that other. No, it was Cad Bane. You see that silhouette when Beautiful. he's walking up. Yeah, gosh, it was so good. The cinematic, the, the cinematography there was just spot on. It's one of my favorite scenes in the whole series. Sean, if you're watching, it's the cinematics that got us all excited. Sean, yeah. take note. Oh, for Star Wars Extra? That's yeah. Sean? Yes. All right. Yeah. <laughs> we have a little Sean, we have we have a little we have a little thing going with uh the fact that, you yeah. know, initially we uh I, I wasn't crazy about the series because it lacked the grand scope of shots. The wide shots weren't there. Uh, everything seemed like kind of very narrow vision. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we definitely got some great uh, cinematics, like you mentioned. Um, you know the uh, the western feel uh, of that particular episode. The introduction of Cad Bane uh, was really fantastic, and I think they did a really good job of bringing him in. Um, I wanted to pose a question to you guys because of what Dave said earlier regarding uh, the development of Boba Fett and how people seem to feel like it was cut short. Um, the fact that it was cut short and the fact that they also put in two episodes of The Mandalorian smacked right in there. And Blake, you were saying that it seems like it took them... Uh, out of the moment to tell a little bit more story for Boba Fett. Um, I've also heard from other podcasters that say that Disney just didn't know exactly how to tell this story, um, which resulted in the, you know, the rushed feel. Um, Also, it resulted in the truncated way of telling the story. Um, I also want to pose a follow-up question to that uh, regarding... um, I'm going to use the term, and I hope you guys don't take it the wrong way, but the the, the Disneyfication of Boba Fett. 
And um, Boba Fett, obviously, everybody has mentioned that he is a badass. He's a bounty hunter. He's ruthless. Even Cad Bane said that Boba Fett is a ruthless killer who worked for the Empire. Um, It's it's a character that is not very traditionally Disney, I I will say. Uh, Do you guys feel that... And I'm sorry. I think I'm I'm, I'm taking over your show here. <laughs> do no, you guys, it's okay. No, go do, ahead. Do you guys do you like guys it. feel do you guys feel that um, that had any part in the way that this story was played? And obviously, Boba Fett seems like he's turning from one type of character to another. He's more mm-hmm. and not even anti-hero. He's like now he's like the good guy. He cares for the Tuscans and he cares for this town. And it's very, and I think that's one of the biggest complaints that traditional star Wars fans of the original trilogy and people that really like Boba Fett as a badass have an issue with. Um, What are your thoughts on that floor? Take it away. So I'll start on this because Mm At the, be- at the beginning, the very beginning, I'm talking about the end of Mandalorian Season 2, the post-credit scene. We see Boba Fett come into uh, right. uh, Bib Fortuna's palace now and just kill everyone. Cold There's blood. Shan yep. kills everyone, and he just shoots Bib right in the back of the head, takes his throne. Yep. That was cool. Right. Um, I do like that there is uh, development for Boba Fett. He went through the Sarlacc pit. He had a near-death experience. He's looking at things differently. He has those talks with Fennec Shan by the fire about um, he wants to change. He wants to turn over a new leaf. He doesn't want to work for these guys that's going to get him killed. I get the reason for progressing his character, but to your credit, Ro, and uh, Wesley says he likes the the term Disneyfication, great word to describe (laughs) the Book of Boba Fett. I think he got a little too clean. Like I, I was thinking, they were going to go. They were going to go the anti-hero route. That he was going to be not just a scumbag. He wasn't just going to kill for money anymore. But he was going to do what was good for him and his tribe. That was it. And now it seems like he wants to do what's good for everybody. He wants Tatooine to be this happy, fun place. He wants it to be the happiest place in the galaxy. Um, he wants it to be Disneyland for you know the galaxy. It seems like. And, and they did they did the same thing with Grief Karga. Yeah. If you think did. about it, you know, Navarro is like, oh, we're prospering now. Everything's fine. Come over, trade with our people. Hoo-hoo. Yeah, and it's like everyone's like, oh, now that we're not strictly bad guys, now we're just the goodest good guys there ever were. And it's it's a very Disney line. I think you hit it right on the head there. There's good and there's bad. There's not really that middle gray area, you know, and I think that's something that's lacking in, in this show. I would have liked to see Boba in that gray area a little bit where he's struggling. He doesn't really struggle with turning good. He doesn't struggle with his past as much as I thought he would. Like as soon as he's in with the Tuscans, he's just a good guy now. And I think Fennec Shand, um, she demonstrated that she was more Boba Fett than Boba Fett was. Yeah. Hundred percent. She's a master. She was kind of like the devil. Yeah, she right. was like the devil on his shoulder. Yeah. You know, you got the angel and the devil on your shoulder, a classic uh, motif, and a lot of cartoons, a lot of everything. And anytime that he had an idea, you know, they said, "Why don't you come in on on the litter? Why don't you come in on this big old thing? People carrying you." And she's like, "Yeah, why don't you do that? That's what is that's what's been done this whole time. It's worked mm-hmm. up till now. Just do that." And he said, "No, I'm gonna I'm gonna do the the honorable thing." And just come around and talk. I actually like that version. I think that does play into the, he can be an anti-hero, good for his people. But just to your credit, yeah, there, she is more Boba Fett than Boba Fett. I can agree with that. I walk on my own two feet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, couple thoughts. I got a little bit of Marvel crossover in my playlist but i'm not marvel schooled nor do i marvel follow but never once have i heard disney marvel right anyone say so interesting i cannot say disney star wars yeah that that is actually a very good point lucasfilm tells star wars disney gives them money Lucasfilm tells 
Star Wars stories, just as Marvel tells Marvel stories. I don't think Disney has anything to do with how Star Wars stories are told. They just fork out the money and let the storytellers do their storytelling. And I I, I think, uh, go ahead, Blake. Well, I think that's true. I think you're right that Disney just funds it. But it's, it's like the leadership. I know people don't like Kathleen Kennedy and people don't like this or that or they don't like the storytelling John Favreau is doing with Book of Boba Fett or this, that, and the other. Who knows what links these stories are going through? How Who's making the decisions of where these characters are going? And I don't think it's necessarily oh, somebody Disney. Somebody knows. Sorry? Somebody knows. Well, somebody knows. Somebody, somebody knows. knows. <laughs> somebody knows. But... Yeah. To uh to what Rose saying, and this is what I think Rose saying that he's just been Disney fied, not necessarily because of Disney. He's just been Disney fied. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think people use that term just to kind of differentiate, you know, the legacy Star Wars to everything just of Star Wars and Lucasfilm to Disney. So there's obviously there is a a, a difference. And, you know, whether you whether some people take it as a per uh a bad term, pejorative. Um, that, you know, that's in the ear of the beholder, but it's, uh, I, I think it's used for the most part just to kind of differentiate, uh, and, and to make a, a statement, I guess. Yeah. And I can agree with that. A lot of people, and I know this is, this is kind of sidebarring, but a lot of people do not like the Disney Star Wars because it's not the EU. And I get it. The EU is great. It has its bad parts. It, it really does. It has some lows. But it has some amazing highs. I love the expanded universe. I love Legends, whatever you want to call it now. Love all that stuff. But this is new. This is something that hadn't been done before. They're trying to get away from that. And that's okay, too. Um, but there's so much expanded universe. There's so many books. There's so many comics that play into that canon that Disney mm-hmm. is nowhere near that yet. I mean, there's there's not the amount of information, there's not the amount of storytelling, and there won't be for years and years and years. I mean, there's, I mean, there's yeah. got to be at least a hundred, hundred fifty books that are the EU. I mean, at least two hundred. Yeah, if I was gonna say, if Andrew is still in the chat, uh, the science fictionary, uh, he there should he is. What's up, guys? He, sh- he should know. Andrew, Andrew, let let us know. He's a he's a big book guy. Me too. Yep. I love all those books. <laughs> I probably I've probably read at least seventy percent of the EU. I would think. And you know what's interesting? You know, uh, Anthony, you brought something up uh, earlier regarding everyone's um, perception of Boba Fett and mm-hmm. their relationship uh, of Boba Fett through the expanded universe and. Mm-hmm saying that you know you just want him to be a badass because he was a badass in the expanded universe and i was never an eu guy i don't remember you know reading many many expanded universe novels when i was a kid or younger um yeah. i you know as a young kid i i was just more focused in in the movies um and then even in college i mean i i I love the fact that the books are out there. I just, my attention span, I just can't like, you know, I'll, I'll read a page and then my mind will be over here and then I'll yeah. be like, what, what did I just read? And I'd have to go back. So it's very, it's, yeah. it's hard for me. Um, but I know there's stories, you know, there's some stories that are great. I, I think, you know, mm-hmm. the, the characterization of Boba Fett through non EU also exists and it also contains the terminology of him being a badass. I right. think the, mm-hmm. the, 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 the fact that he's a bounty hunter, you know, what do bounty hunters do? It's, you know, he's not a barista where he's a badass. He's a bounty hunter. And that, that entails having certain qualifications to be a bounty hunter. You have to be resourceful. You have to be uh, cutthroat, mm-hmm. ruthless, uh, you know, right. Uh, right. get things done. So there's there's an aspect of the word bounty hunter that has a lot of, you know, characteristics that go with it when it comes to Boba Fett as a character. Whether you like the EU or not, I think he's still a badass. Um, and I think that's probably why a lot of people, you know, are, are, are yeah. a little, you know, lukewarm on this series and how... Boba Fett has turned out. Well, and Finnick Shand, it seemed like she was running the show um, a lot of the time. Like she was doing, she was doing the major lifting up until that that last chapter. And even then, she did an amazing amount of lifting for Boba Fett 
Um, mm-hmm. But that's when he came into his own. That's when he starts fighting. He's going around the jetpack shooting. He rides a Rancor. That is total awesome Bil- Boba Fett. He faces off with Cad Bane. That's awesome Boba Fett. He sends the Major Domo out to uh, to pretty much tell the Pikes to get out of here. We, we don't want none of your stuff. If you stay, we're going to kill all of you. That's Boba Fett. And we got a lot of that Boba Fett in Chapter 7, but there was just no lead up to it. And, right. and it just kind of it fell flat because there wasn't any buildup. He's been kind of this past, not, not I want to say pacifist. He's kind of stayed out of things, and he's let Fennec Shan do some some of the fighting. He's let Chrysanthemum do his thing, and he's tried to rule with honor. But it seems like that wasn't enough. He had to get to the grittier side of his personality to get the results he wanted. And I still don't get his motivation for ruling with honor. Yeah. Um, why did he want to become a boss to begin with? Right. And then, and then at the end of chapter seven, he's like, "Eh, maybe this is not for us." What? Yeah. <laughs> and I, I really think that's just to set up them going off into the the greater galaxy and being part of the Mandoverse. That's my opinion. Yeah. Well, Fennec gave uh, that. Fennec gave that that answer with a question. Right. If not us, then, then who? who? Yeah. The, the guy in the well, flash. And, the guy in the flash back to tank. That's right. The guy in the back to tank. And I agree totally with that. Uh, I really do. Um, so one of my last things I want to talk about, I know we've talked, we've brushed on Cad Bane. Mm-hmm. Do you like his introduction into the series? Was it too much to tie him in? Was this the perfect time to bring him into live action? Um, how do you think he look like? Just what is your general thoughts on Cad Bane in this series? For me, I think he was the perfect, um, uh, perfect introduction. He was the best part of the series for me, and it's too bad that uh, you know, spoilers. Too bad that he, you know, got taken out. But um, I think, he, yeah, supposedly. But I think he, you know, if he does survive, uh, I'm glad he does. But if he didn't survive, it would have been a, a missed opportunity to kind of use him as. Uh, antagonist for for anything else to come in the future i think he's a great character obviously fans of the animation know uh you know his story uh but casual fans don't and um it's great to to kind of have him around to taunt boba fett even more and maybe test his uh his resolve uh and and make him you know make him more of a um a relatable character yeah, and to Wes's credit, Cad Bane is the man. I love Cad Bane. I love him in Clone Wars. Um, I love him in uh, the Bad Batch. He he played a very cool character in the Bad Batch. He was not there for very long, but did a good job. And like you said, the casual fans do not know who Cad Bane is. Um, I've no. I've know people in real life who are just casual fans of Star Wars. People online when you're interacting in these uh, Facebook groups, Twitter, that are just the people who watch the movies. People who watch the Disney shows, maybe they didn't get into Clone Wars and Rebels. That's a little too much for them. But everyone that I've talked to said when Cad Bane came on screen, he's one of my new favorite Star Wars characters. Uh, We saw him for maybe, what, eight, nine minutes total in the entire series. And he's people's favorite Star Wars character. They know nothing about him. He's that cool. You know, just I want to ask, and this includes the chat because we got friends there. That's Does right. Come on, anyone Chad. know who the character of Cad Bane is based on? And this is not per Dave Filoni. This is per George Lucas from the Clone Wars. Do you know who he's based on? Is I do. I'll, I'll let the, I'll let the uh, chat. Yeah, yeah, we'll let the chat go because I, I know as well. Yeah. <clears throat> There's a clue. <laughs> Come on, chat. Come on, we're, you know, we're, we're depending on you guys. You know, and Come while on, the, Matt, ch- the chat, yeah, the, while the chat is uh, chatting, thinking, um, you know, I think the series really went all the way with the Western tropes, uh, the um, the style that Star Wars kind of introduced us to back in the day. I think they really nailed the way they um 
they kind of married the genre. Um, it just they they hit it right on the nose. I think it was great. I think those uh, the gun battles, uh, the framing of the shots, you know, getting into the production aspect. I think they were uh, fantastic. It gave us something familiar to to watch and uh, something uh, awesome to kind of relate to. Yeah, I love the Western bits of this show. Um, they were some of the most honest bits for me. Uh, they were some of the best cinematic events, like you were talking about earlier, Ro. When we get those wide shots, we have that wide shot of Cab Bane coming into uh, Mos Pelgo, Freetown, whatever you want to call it. Um, and it's a great scene. When we, when we have Boba and Cad Bane facing off in the town square where we have mm-hmm. Cad Bane and um, Cobb Vanth facing off. In the, that's, that's classic Western. The the uh, the shootouts that happen that are real, real quick. I mean, that's classic Western, and they felt honest. They were some of the best parts of the series for me. Uh, what do you think about that, Anthony? And Wesley, you missed oh, the question, but we're talking was, about... Apologies, I, wa- I was watching the chat because Wesley said he missed the question. So I'll pose it again, Wes. Who was Cad Bane? Ba- who was the character of Cad Bane based on from a Western? And Dave, hint, and no, not that one. Rogue gave a whistle as a hint, and I'll give another hint that I just put in the chat from the good, the bad, and the ugly. One of them three. Well, I'll tell you what, this does tie into our uh, our episode when we talked about Boba Fett. We called it the good, the cad, yes, and the deputy. Yeah. <laughs> so perfect. That's a that's another hint. <laughs> that's yeah. another hint. But uh yes. We're coming, uh, up, we're coming up on an hour, so I'll just go put it out here right now. It yeah. is Angel Eyes. Lee Van Cleef. Yep. Monumental performance. There we go, Danny Richards. Attaboy. <laughs> you guys see this before I do. It hadn't even popped up on mine yet. There we go. Boom. There it is. Lee Van Cleef. Um, yes, Angel Eyes. And like I said, these are some of my favorite parts of the series. So like uh, Rural Farm Boy said, we're coming up on an hour. Actually, we are at an hour. And what are your final thoughts on... Uh, on Book of Boba Fett Season 7. Just a general wrap-up in a few words. Let's start with you, Anthony. Well, as we were told previous, this is Mandalorian Season 2.5. So that, in my opinion, is why Chapter 5 and 6 fit into this story, because it was Mandalorian Season 2.5. We got no idea what we're we're, going to be getting given for Mando Season 3. And it will surely tie into this because this has been thought about long and deep and hard. There's more chapters coming. And in my opinion, we're not ready for this. We weren't ready for this. And some folks were kind of let down. But there's more coming that pretty much I think is going to knock us on our asses. We're not ready for what's coming. We're really not. Because these folks should think long and deep and hard about what, what's yet to come. I can agree with that. Uh, we have a lot of good setup. They set up a lot of good things. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of characters. Blacker Santon's out there. Cad Bane may or may not be dead. He has a blinky light on his chest. Wait, go listen to the podcast, <laughs> all these Red 5 podcasts. There's a lot of speculation. When you got the Mod Squad, they're, they're out there. They're kind of left out in the wind. What are they going to do now? We have that good, um, feel-good ending for a book of Boba Fett where all the crew gets together in the, the square and it's like, Hey, we had a good job. We got rid of the pikes except for the Gamorians who met a horrible death. Um, but, uh, I can agree with that. So Ro, your final thoughts on book of Boba Fett season one. I'm just waiting for Lep service droid, a star Wars story. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Love it. I love it. I love it. And, I tell you what, you hit it right on the, the head there. Um, I mean, you know, to, we 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 can go for another hour. Just you know, just keep it going, man. The chat doesn't need any sleep. Dave, I know is in the UK. It's late over there. It's Sunday tomorrow. Come on. 
(laughs) (laughs) Yes, uh, I really do like where this... I like the setup. I like where the series is going. The series itself has its issues. Uh, We've echoed that. uh, Farm Boy said it. Rose said it. I've said it. That um, there were some missteps. We should have got a little bit more development for Boba than we got. He got to the end. He got there. But we didn't see everything. So, Book of Boba Fett, I liked it pretty good. Um, It had its highs. It had its lows. And I'm just excited to see what's coming next for the Mandoverse. So I'd really like to thank you guys for coming on. Ro, um, you just did a show. I know you're tired from doing that, man. You've just been. I can talk hours. all night. I can talk yeah, all can. night Star Wars. I'm the same way too. So. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter to me. You guys want to give boy. it? You guys want to give it a uh, a letter grade like uh, back in high school? A through A through F. Well, Ro, you you start out. Give, give it give it a grade. Um, I want to, and no plus or minuses, just a straight letter grade. I, um, I give it a C. Okay. Better than I thought. Better than I thought you'd give it. (laughs) So Anthony, what do you, what do you got on it? I do not rate nor rank any Star Wars stories. Come on, come on. No, I don't. I don't rate, I don't, a movie, a book. A comic, and I don't follow the comics. I do not rate one rank. So what I will do is say it was the last chapter that I watched, and I want to say it was Friday, this past Friday evening, I gave a watch to chapter six and seven of Book of Boba Fett. That's the, the last that I watched. I don't rate your rank. I cannot favor any other Star Wars story over another because I love them all the same. They're not my Star Wars story to tell. I'm being told a story. So my my favorite was the last that I watched. That's how I go. Anthony, okay. do you uh, do you have a favorite T-shirt? <laughs> do you have a favorite hat? You, you've got you've got a couple of, a, that looks like T-shirts his favorite hat. to me. T-shirts to me, bro, and you're old enough to understand this. T-shirts to me are underwear. So okay, gotcha. my favorite hat would be this one right here. Okay, but you do have a favorite hat, and it's it's a little imperial hat there. It's 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 your favorite, right? Like out of all the ones that you own, that you you like them all, but that one is your favorite, right? And you'll wear them all. You'll yeah. wear all the hats. You'll wear them all in public. I got this one. No you saw me start out with this one, and I got this in here. Yeah, but this here's my favorite. Okay, so. You have many hats, and you I ranked. Do. You just ranked something that you have many of, and no, that's I just something. My well, that's your favorite. <laughs> that's that's a ranking. So, do you have a favorite Star Wars? <laughs> I'm trying to get you to say something. Damn it! <laughs> you're trying. You're trying to get him. You're trying to like put him on the hook for something. Like you can use later. You're trying to blackmail Rule Farm Boy at this point. It's, it's getting. It's getting getting a little crazy. But I can understand. I really, really love. Um, I love the book of Boba Fett for what it is. I like the story being told. I think it had missteps. I can rate Star Wars stories. I'm not going to say I don't. <laughs> I will say it It might not be the final grade because we do not know what comes after this. Um, We don't know what's going to come of this series. Some of the things that were planted, we, we don't know. But on the surface, at the end of this season, I'm going to give it a C as well. Uh, I'm right oh, there wow. with Ro. I think it. I think it did a good job setting things up. I think it did a good job telling us the the, uh, the Boba backstory. That's some of my favorite parts. Is Boba with the Tuscan Raiders, him getting out of the Sarlacc, him meeting up with Fennec Shand, um, and then my other favorite parts were uh, episodes five and six that had nothing to do with Book of Boba Fett. So I can't really add those into the equation. So just a good solid C. So I just want to take a moment to say this right here now, because Dork Wars is a new one in my playlist. But Scarif Podcast has been in my playlist from the start. So, Ro, this has been a long time coming, and I'm glad that we got to chat face-to-face. Very nice, and thank you, and I appreciate it. I'll tell you what, I'm glad that I was the vehicle. (laughs) <laughs> for uh for introducing you to because I'm, I'm i'm such a new player to the game at this point 
We've been going for about a year now. It's been great. I hooked up with uh, Rowan Red Five back in I think June ish, mm-hmm. maybe May, yep. June, July, and it's been great. The community is awesome. We actually had some uh, battles this week on social media, and my Red Five tribe came to my aid. It was it was great stuff. Um, I tell you, man, just some some of those uh, Star Wars fans out there can get a little little too into it. Um, Dave <laughs> Richards gives uh, a D for Boba. A for Mando and Luke, and I think a lot of people probably feel the same way. So I'd like to extend a thank you to you guys. Thanks so much for coming on, Ro. Of course, always a pleasure. We've uh, we've got to interact a couple times through the live chats and all. It's always been a good time. Um, of course, I'm sure we'll be on your show again. I'm sure you'll be on ours, Real Farm Boy. This is our first interaction face to face. We've been on Twitter and conversing back and forth. We've retweeted one another and looked at all of each other's stuff. It's been great. Glad to put a face with the, the Twitter profile. So thank you guys so much. And this has been another great episode of Dork Wars, the podcast. The first Dork Wars live. There's going to be more to come. You'll see more Red 5 uh, hosts on here. You'll see some of our other hosts on here. It's going to be a great time. So thank you so much for joining us. And may the Force be with you. Thank you for supporting Dork Wars, the podcast. You can check us out on facebook.com forward slash Dork Wars, the podcast. And if you would like to join in on the discussion or maybe suggest topics for us to discuss, please do so by joining our Discord community or sending us an email at dorkwarspodcast at gmail.com. This has been a... Go give them your written review. They got mine. Production.